Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. It was literally like the voice of God. It said, you're to go back and start the first network marketing company for solar energy. Hey there, solar warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, all right. Welcome back, Solar Warrior. I'm thrilled that you've chosen to spend another exciting hour of your life with us here on Suncast. And I'm excited to bring you today's guest. Today's entrepreneur, Jonathan Budd, is the CEO of Power. And he, like many of you, was introduced to me through a Suncast listener and past guest. Hat tip to our friend, Matthew Britt. If you have been as curious as I have these last three years about the business model of this company that popped up in your LinkedIn radar called Power, P-O-W-U-R, and whether or not it's both legitimate and relevant to your network, as Power's small army of independent sales reps would have you believe, you should stick around for today's episode. Jonathan explains all about how he built Power as a solar Salesforce powerhouse, quietly establishing legitimacy and a nationwide footprint. We didn't have time to get through all of it in just one take, so today is part one of that conversation, and next Tuesday you'll hear the rest of the story. You'll find 170 other inspiring and influential leaders' stories over at mysuncast.com, and you'll also be able to subscribe to my email newsletter and get notified of the upcoming webinar that JB and I are planning. So be sure to listen all the way through to the end of today's episode for more details on that and get on that newsletter so you won't miss out. For now, let's get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. All right, Solar Warriors, every now and then I have a chance to serendipitously meet with someone who immediately becomes a kindred soul. And last year's Solar Power International 2018 was just such a moment. I'll take a moment here to shout out to a mutual friend of many of Suncast guests at this point, Mr. Matthew Britt in the Great White North in Canada, who, among others, has introduced me to today's guest, Mr. Jonathan Budd. And Jonathan is, in his own words, committed to creating a world that works for all life. And today we're going to discover a bit more about how Jonathan has crossed the chasm from being a prolific and highly successful direct sales and direct marketing expert into the world of renewable energy. Jonathan, welcome to Suncast. It's so good to be here, Nico. I mentioned in the the lead up here that you have been quite a successful direct marketer. Do you tell people that? Is that kind of how you present yourself? You know, I almost completely forgot about that whole world by this point. (laughs) Completely different life. That was a different Jonathan Bud. It was a big part of of life, that's for sure. But I think once you get sucked into the solar industry, there's just nothing that compares. Mm. You know, I mean, there's everything else and then there's solar. 
so before we get into the work of power, you know, I feel like this episode almost is going to be dispelling some myths on some level, right? Because like it or not, there's varying opinions about any business in our industry. And yours has been one that by its very nature has created controversy and intrigue. I think that you've almost built the business on the back of intrigue. Those who know me well know that I've been in the multi-level marketing industry pretty much my whole life. I started out in Amway, like most of us, and was in you know Quickstar in 96 when it was just getting launched. And my parent, my family was in Melaleuca and I was in Market America. And like, so what's funny is like the guy that was my sponsor or upline, if you will, to use the industry lingo in doTERRA, a guy named George, I'll never forget. He mentioned that this company, Power, probably three years ago now. And he was like, man, you're not going to believe this. This is just right up your, in your wheelhouse, Nico. And I said, man, trust me, if multi-level marketing worked for solar, somebody would have cracked that nut by now. Like this just isn't the right sales cycle for that type of like team selling, but good luck. Like I'll, I'll do, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. And lo and behold, two and a half years later, I get to meet you in person. We started down that, that path of discovery for me to understand better the business model, which we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about today. And for those of you who have joined because you are as intrigued about the power business model as I am or was, then we're going to satiate that desire for you, I hope. But one of the things that I want to start with, JB, is, uh, you know, you very early on and in quite a uh, successful fashion figured out what you were good at. So perhaps through the lens of your early 20s, could you give us an understanding of how JB has shown up in the world and, and how that brought you full circle around to really realizing your passion where you wanted to take in this, this next calling? It's really a question that we should all be asking ourselves all the time. You know, it's not one that, uh, that you can ask once. You know, you kind of have to keep asking yourself, what is my purpose? What am I really here for? What's really going to bring me the most happiness? You know, what is life really about? Otherwise, you just end up kind of in motion. You know, you just end up in kind of some automatic motion, kind of like just you're a part of a machine. And, you know, people can live happy lives like that, but you miss that like really deep layer of satisfaction and happiness. So I think for whatever reason, you know, very early on in my life, I went through some very painful experiences and and I lost, you know, friends and I lost loved ones. And it was just kind of like, no, I'm not going to settle in this life. I'm not just going to wake up 45, 50, 60 years old going, what the hell did I do the last 30 years? Like that's, that's not it. I just couldn't follow the traditional path. I was in school and nothing made sense to me. And I didn't have any other options though. I had no mentors. I had no people to model. I had nobody I knew that had ever done anything different. So I was pretty much in the unknown, if you will. And that was actually when I was introduced to network marketing. So network marketing to me was really a gateway into entrepreneurship. The thing that really sets certain individuals apart is that it's not about what business model you have. A business is a business at the end of the day. 
And to succeed in that business, you have to get good at certain things. You have to get good at customer acquisition. You've got to get good at marketing. You've got to get good at lead generation. In some businesses, you've got to get good at leadership. You've got to get good at team building. But the principles, regardless of the business, apply. So I basically found myself, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, leaving college. I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no plan. I wasn't going to pursue any further you know, education. And I was failing my butt off, like absolutely failing at my chosen business of that time, like making no money. You know, It was just like as difficult as it could be right in that period of life. And I remember the stress I used to feel in my, my heart and soul. And I was just like, God, what am I going to do with my life? And for some reason, I just had this relentless pursuit, this sort of, I don't care what it takes. Like no matter how many failures I've suffered through, no matter how many times people have said no, no matter how many things just totally did not go towards my expectation and I'm just left in huge disappointment, there was just this ability to get back up again and try something new and try something different. And so it was pretty much after nine months of straight failure, traditionally in network marketing, that I just ventured onto the internet. And I said, you know what? Maybe this whole internet thing, this was 2006. You know, maybe there's a way to generate leads on the internet. Maybe the internet holds some kind of promise for my future that, that I, don't even, I don't even know about yet, but it might be there. And that began the journey, my friend. That internet did, in fact, hold some promise. <laughs> You're going to be a little bit coy when you tell the story, but you were more than really good. The average network marketer can barely scrape together $100,000 in overall like annual revenue. And by the time you were 26, you had quite exceeded that number, right? The company grew quite fast. And, and yes, um, we were pretty much one of the best that there ever was. One of the best there ever was, but that didn't satisfy you. You're one of the best there ever was. You put eight figures in the bank you were wildly successful at tw- in your 20s, had a whole career ahead of you where you could have dominated any, any direct selling market you wanted to go into. There was certainly you know, a lot of opportunity in any direction in that field, but the problem was the field. <laughs> it just wasn't inspiring me anymore. I wasn't passionate about it. I lost the passion. I mean, it's one thing to make a lot of money, but I don't want to make a lot of money getting up and doing something every day that at the end of the day wasn't solving one of the world's greatest challenges. There was no way that I was going to take my life energy and and my, you know, what I'm really good at and then empower people to go sell shit. And that's a lot of what's happening out there. I'm not about that no matter how much it made me at the time. You know, of course I actually am you know, I think we're going to make a lot more money doing something way better <laughs> for the entire planet. Like that's a no brainer. So with all the skill and an entire life to lean into, how did you find your way into renewals, clean energy? When did that pique your interest? I've been thinking about sustainable energy since I was 24 years old and I don't even know why. I remember meditating on the beach one time. Uh, I just moved to San Diego I don't know how to describe it. It was like an energy just came over me of sustainable energy is going to be a billion dollar company slash path for you in your lifetime. There's something here with sustainable energy. It was like the seed was planted. Ching got locked away deep in the subconscious, but it was always there. Fast forward, you know, four or five more years 
kind of through the whole online marketing thing, you know, had all the money in the bank. So it was just kind of like, all right, if I add another million dollars, it's not going to really make much of a difference. It's not going to add any more meaning. I start to get that restlessness in my soul and my purpose. And I start to look for that next thing. Okay. At that exact time, I went to the Amazon rainforest. I went down and I spent time with an indigenous culture called the Achawar. From the moment they're pretty much early adults, they're being trained by shamans and dreams and all of these things. And they lead us through a ceremony that night. And in that ceremony, this crystal clear first thing I heard as soon as the ceremony starts, vision comes through. It was literally like the voice of God. It said, you're to go back and start the first network marketing company for solar energy. I think that the reason why I used the word network marketing was because the real thing that power was meant to be and we were were meant to start, it didn't really exist yet. That's right. There was no model for it. There was no way I could even associate what it was going to be. You know, it just gave me this thing that I could at least associate like, all right, this is the path, a path to start. But ultimately, it's not even network marketing. It's, It's not that you know, something entirely new, something entirely different. But that thing got me started off on the path. I came back from that Amazon trip and I was crystal clear that in some way, shape or form, this was my life path. This was my life destiny. This is what the earth, spirit, whatever you want to call it, was asking me to do. And for context, this is 2013. That was 2011 when that Amazon trip happened. So again, further even context... Tesla acquired SolarCity in 2016, folks, okay? I'll dig in a bit about the the underlying sort of phenomenon happening right now in especially residential solar sales as we unpack the power business model. But like, I hope that folks, at least who are insiders in our industry, who've been like us uh, in this for a while, can appreciate how the prevailing sales model at the time was SolarCity Vivint, Sungevity, I could name probably two dozen others that predominantly were West Coast business models coming out of California, Utah. The model was like, go knock on doors, send out direct mail, a lot of stuff that on the surface, if you look at the activity, there's virtually no differentiation between what they were doing and what most network marketing companies are doing. But because it was in this new industry and because they were building it in we'll call them in quotes, real companies, right? And so they owned all of that IP and they owned those teams. It was direct sales. It wasn't anything else. It was just direct sales. It was building massive teams of direct salespeople, right? Including SolarCity was one of the, among the first to do huge call centers, right? As I recall, you've had your own experience with call centers, right? A little bit. And investors capital. I mean, let's be honest, they never actually figured out how to build profitable businesses, really. I mean, they did it with other people's money. So you're coming out of the Amazon in 2011 with this vision. But I see that, you know, Power as an entity didn't get founded until 2014. Walk me through the time between 2011 and 2014 that brought this vision into reality. Bill Twist, one of our board members, introduced me to Danny Kennedy. I flew up, sat down with Danny in 2012 I was so wet behind the ears still on the corporate side of things. Like, you know, it's very different to have success, you know, running your own kind of small business. You're in this niche industry, whatever. 
but I had zero corporate experience. So I walk into that corporate boardroom. I had brought like two of my friends. I brought my girlfriend, like two of my friends who I was thinking about doing this business with. And it was just hilarious. It was like, it was kind of like, what are these guys doing sitting in our corporate boardroom, you know? And, and Danny and everybody was, was very nice. Um, but ultimately decided, you know, hey, we don't know if we really want to take a risk on, you know, this kind of business at the moment or put much time in it. And I kind of just let it at that. It was kind of like, all right, you know, I had, I tried, but, you know, maybe it's not really time to pursue it further. And I think I had to have a big life lesson hit me, you know, within a few months, you know, there was a couple other ideas where I was kicking around at the time and I got invited into essentially be a, a man, a, a, a co-founder of a company called Ripplin. And at the time I'm thinking, this is a no brainer. You know, my partners are doing over 150 million a year in their other companies. I know I'm going to be able to put an incredible amount of people in this company. It's a first of its kind concept for the industry. You know, we're all going to go make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on this. And then, you know, once I have all that money, then I can do whatever, then I'll invest it in solar or do the solar thing or whatever. In two, three years, you know, I'll be in an even better position to do the solar company, right? That was the story I was telling myself. And of course, it didn't work out that way at all. It ended up being a absolute disaster. There was learning lesson after learning lesson. I personally spent over $400,000 keeping that company afloat in addition to money that I wasn't even supposed to spend, by the way. Long story short, it just ended up being what I call the master's degree. Those painful lessons that you cannot learn other than going through an experience like that where everything that can go wrong does go wrong. And I now have such gratitude for it because I know, you know, that experience, you know, is what actually prepared me to strategically be able to execute on power and predict in advance so many of the things that can go wrong, that will go wrong, that you have to actually have a plan for before it happens. And if you don't plan for it, you expose yourself so much that the likelihood of you going out of business or dying is just very much greater. Can you take me to the moment where coming out of Ripplin, you just decided, all right, hat in the ring, like gloves off. I'm going to go for it. It's now or never. I'm going to go start a solar company. It was November 2013. I was basically at the point where saying, you know what? If you can lose going in on something that you're only half-hearted, that is really just an ends justify the means conversation, right? Like you're only in it. Because, you know, hey, you want to, you know, but you're not really, it's not about what you're doing in the moment. The ends justify the means. Why not just do the thing that you want to do the most? I mean, seriously, if nothing is guaranteed, if nothing is certain, if you can lose doing something you don't even want to do and haven't, why not just do the freaking thing that you actually want to do the most, that your soul is actually saying, this is the thing that's going to bring me the most happiness in my life, the most fulfillment. That was it, man. I got on a plane went up and started meeting with Sunrun and pounded on doors and get myself in front of every single solar company there was. So many listeners have said to me that they feel stuck. So many listeners say that they tune into this show to get a sense of who they are and where they're going in this business. I know you want to start something and guys like JB see the opportunity before us as real change makers in this, in this world. It's easy from any vantage point to just sit back and say, oh, but, you know, JB was a multimillionaire. 
easy for him to just say, I'll start a solar company from the deep pot of wealth that I have. And what's another million for me uh, in income? I'd rather invest in something. But we'll explore that a little bit and we'll pull on that thread from an entrepreneurial perspective. But I want you to hear that nothing is given. It is extremely important if you're a part of this energy transition that you are finding your unique ability to contribute. Maybe that's within another company and maybe that's on your own. And that's why I have guys like JB come on this show so that you can hear their story and apply the lessons to your own, to your own life. JB, if it's possible to sum it up, and I feel like if anyone can, you can, what is the problem that you were proposing to solve for Sunrun and Vivint and SolarCity as you came up to the Bay Area that first time? Customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. Why is that so hard? I literally think almost every other part of solar is a total commodity at this point. You know, there's dozens of financiers, thousands and thousands of installers. There's dozens and dozens of equipment manufacturers. And you look at every single part of solar and it is basically a commodity, which is going to be a big theme throughout this talk because I think people really get real about what drives a commodity business like we're in and it's free price. You can have little niche markets, you know, that sell on premiums, but in a hardcore commodity business like we're in, price is what's ultimately going to win the day. So, you know, we went and we said, look, you know, the one thing nobody has been able to commoditize and really figure out and really get to their goals is customer acquisition costs. In this phase the industry is in where we're still not mainstream, we're crossing that chasm. We are in the middle of going from you know, innovators to early adopters to mainstream. As we cross that chasm, it's one of the hardest times to acquire customers. And any company that can really solve that challenge is going to be one of the most important companies in advancing the solar industry. Was the pitch early days, hey, uh, Sunron, Sungevity, we're going to create a huge network marketing family, a huge network of direct sales folks that you can tap directly. And what was the business proposition? We went to Sunrun, Sanjevity, and ultimately Solar City, which was a crazy story how we eventually ended up partnering with Solar City. They were locked up. They had signed an exclusive with another direct sales company, Viridian at the time, which is since out of business. All of the big players were looking at the network marketing industry and saying, how do we get a piece of, of those customers? You know, it, it was a no-brainer for them. Right, it was a low customer acquisition cost. It was referral based. They were all very interested, uh, which is why we got in everywhere and ultimately had everybody wanting to partner with us and ended up with Solar City. What's the delivery model? It was just a really simple focus on lead generation. You know, the original thinking was, "Hey guys, you know, we're going to go out there, and the way we're going to be able to make a difference in solar is we're going to build this colossal, multi-hundred thousand person network of people." that can earn a part-time income or a full-time income doing something they're really passionate about, helping shift the world to solar energy. And all we need is one big, giant national partner. If Solar City or any of the national partners were actually able to deliver on what was promised and the customer experience, it probably could have worked phenomenally. I mean, the early days of power, the network was exploding. I mean, people loved the story, loved everything. And you know what happened? They started submitting lots of leads to Solar City. Then you know what happened? Nothing. 70% cancellation rates, six to nine month installs, 
customers who who are scheduled for an installation and the install team doesn't even show up. I mean, could you imagine with the partners you're with if if it was your customer's installation day and they don't show up? This was our first foray and experience into the solar industry, and it's it's unfortunate. You know, if it had worked, it could have been phenomenal. But unfortunately, what we realized was that it wasn't going to work with Solar City, and it wasn't going to work with Sunrun, and it wasn't going to work with any of these companies because they simply hadn't nailed actual customer experience and customer value, and their operations were just terrible. I mean, six month install timelines, who's going to sit wait six months to get a freaking check? Are you a solar contractor who wishes you could simply cut down on those time consuming site visits? Our friends over at Aurora Solar, an NREL validated sales and design software can help you with that. Determine solar access, design the PV system, forecast energy production and bill savings, and present a compelling proposal all without leaving the office. You know, there's a special offer if you're a Suncast listener, and clearly you are. For a limited time, you can get a free Aurora Solar license with the first annual license that you purchase. That's right, a BOGO. Buy one, get one. Visit Aurora Solar at info.aurorasolar.com forward slash suncast to learn more. You can also jump to the mysuncast.com website and click on the Aurora Solar banner on the homepage. In all of my experience with network marketing, it's a fast-turn business. It is a sell and ship and make your commissions in that week, day, month, right? Only in the most efficient businesses I knew in the solar industry were sales guys internal to a company getting paid in a week or a month, right? The typical conversion cycle for leads in solar was three to five weeks, right? It was like, you know, sales guy internally was an employee because... Solar City had raised so much money they could afford to hold these employees while they churned through two, three months of sales cycle to close a residential lead. And in some cases, as much as five and six months. And as you're, as you're saying, like up to nine months. And if you've got your compensation structure as a third party lead generator, in most cases those days, working on a success model, meaning you get paid once they install and get paid themselves, which I'm assuming you can correct me if I'm wrong, like how do you make network marketing work? You've got these people that are trying to start up a business where they don't get paid for the work they've done for weeks to months on time. The fact that we're even alive is honestly a testament to just an extreme ability to survive. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) So, you know, what's fun for me is the fortuitous way that this world works, right? Like we met in September and at the time, you already knew what was true about your business. I didn't. I was asking probably good questions about the business model to which you were candid, um, but not completely. You know, you weren't willing to say at that time to me, like, this is a doomed model. Several months later, you reached out and you were like, hey, Nico, we're going to pivot the business. I'm like, why? Network marketing for solar is not working? Kind of tongue in cheek. And you're like, no, it's not working. You know, it's not working. And I'm like, great. Well, what does work? And you proceeded to tell me the story of EXP. You know, it's been... A remarkable journey becoming the company that I think we were always meant to be. We were looking for a hero, looking for Solar City, looking for somebody else to save the day, be the game changing platform, and let us kind of hitch on their back. And that's not what the universe had in store for us. Mm-hmm. You know, the universe really had in store that power is the platform, power is the company. We're not a hitch on someone else's back. 
So, you know, we had to go through years of additional learning curve to build out the infrastructure, mm. to build out the nationwide installation infrastructure, the nationwide financing partners, the nationwide software partners, and all the partners it really actually takes to integrate and develop and build a nationwide installation model that can install in 90 days or less in a lot of cases, right? With all of the best partners in the, in the industry. That didn't just happen overnight. But I mean, we're literally today in a position where we're in as many markets as Solar City was in, doing end-to-end installations and sales, you know, three x faster, and for you know, making twenty times more money than we made partner with them, right? So, it's taken years to get to that place where we actually are Solar City now, for all intents and purposes. Like we have the same functionality that they had, and. That's when we realized the last piece, the last thing that we needed to, to change and do was really the demographic itself. Who is the right person meant to be on our platform? And that's when I think we had our big pivot and our big shift around the nature of what network marketing tends to attract is a more fast sort of instant gratification, you know, much sort of lower level product, right? Can I have a conversation in five minutes and with very little sales experience or sales ability, hopefully, you know, get a sale and make a little bit of money. And that's by and large the types of products that really work in network marketing. And we just have heart to heart, like that's not solar. And that's not us. That's actually not who we are. Like our team is mostly great sales pros and enterprise type executives. So we just realized the right person to sell this product is really more of an enterprise sales professional. It's somebody who's a true sales professional and what's going to make the biggest difference in their life. Let's build our entire platform for them. The number of folks acting as intermediaries in our business, like the number of hands handing off a lead to get to the final install crew is still quite, I mean, there's a lot of fat still in the business because of the number of people that it passes through. And it's entirely tied still to the immaturity in the customer acquisition process. But where, where do we owe that? In fact, it turns out many, if not most of these guys are professionally trained, former Solar City, Sungevity, like any Legion service that has been in any way influential in predominantly the California solar market. There are a bunch of uh, orphaned, professional salespeople in the market who realized like, oh, I actually don't need to go get a job anymore. Thank you, Solar City, for teaching me how to sell solar. I can now reach out to Sunworks and a dozen other companies like Sunworks and broker these deals myself. Yeah, when I realized that and I heard the business model that you were putting together, I realized like the, the reason that someone who's in this business would reach out to Sunworks is because they don't have their own install company and, and they don't want to have one. And so all they are doing is asking themselves, how can I continually find better customers faster than my competitors and make the highest developer fee or sort of transaction fee possible for that lead? And I feel like it's something that many of us in the inside of the sales side of the business know, but the broader industry doesn't really necessarily realize. Can you tell the story of when the light bulb went off for you around the EXP model and how that helped you shift your, your focus? Chris Heller, I just want to shout out to Chris. He's been a, an influence for us for sure. The former CEO of Keller Williams, very well connected in the real estate industry. And, you know, had just sort of been sharing with us kind of how the EXP model was working. And if you're not familiar with EXP, 
they became, you know, the fastest growing real estate company brokerage in the world pretty much over the last few years. And EXP's model, you know, their value proposition is super simple, very straightforward. If you sell for EXP, they're going to pay you the most money. Instead of 50-50 like most brokerages uh, or 64-36 like Keller Williams, they're going to pay 80-20. How are they able to do that? Because they are 100% virtual company. They don't have a single office. The CEO works out of WeWorks or his homes or wherever. Uh, They are 100% virtual. So their cost structure is just way low. They're paying 80-20 to all of their all of their agents. So if you sell free XP, you make the most money when you sell home, period and end of story. Number two, they have a six-level pay plan. So instead of just eating with you every day, EXP gives you residual income. Recruit other agents, refer other agents to sell for EXP. You take a piece of everything they do. That's very popular. Number three, they give you equity. They want people bought into the long-term vision of the company. They want them thinking like owners and being owners and, and appreciating the upside of the business that they all build together. EXP is almost worth a billion dollars publicly traded in the New York Stock Exchange. What do you think the early agents who got stock in EXP feel? Do you think they're going anywhere? No, they're not. You know, They're stoked. Their stock is worth probably a ton of money. So, I mean, this was like a no-brainer to us. We looked at the industry of solar and we're like, this is a highly fragmented industry. Nobody's created a platform for sales professionals where sales professionals have everything they possibly need to come show up, sell nationwide, have end-to-end fulfillment, operate on the margins of owning their own business and sort of the dealer model that you were talking about. The one thing that was missing was the revolutionary new compensation model essentially for solar. And we didn't just want to be like everybody else. We want, you know, we want I wanted to do something just drastically different and better. And I just remember boom, you know, this idea came out of nowhere one night. Wow, what if we were completely transparent, as in totally transparent with the actual cost of goods to sell a solar system. So if it actually costs a buck 87 or 198 or whatever to buy the panels and hire the installers and submit the permit, you know, for that system, like that's now everybody sees like this is what it actually costs. This one was like a buck 98. And our compensation plan is to give everyone the lion's share, which is a 70-30 split. So whatever the net revenue is over that cost of goods, Whoever sold that project is going to keep 70% of the entire net revenue. 30% goes back to power, just like a platform, right? This is the new model should be. And then out of that 30% we keep, we take 50% of that and we pay it out in a six-level plan so we can reward people with residual and passive income for just telling all the best sales professionals and people they know to come be part of it. I have a proposition for you because I have seen how you present this visually. And I think that that's possibly one of the best ways for people to see it. Do you think it would make sense for you or maybe if not you, we can't find a good time, Bobby or someone like that to jump on and let's run a webinar for the Suncast community? I think it would probably make a ton of sense. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it just occurs to me like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is visually represented through graphs and charts. I think that this is just, I think this is a business model that people 
are going to want to understand better. And full disclosure, I have become a partner with Power in figuring out how to get this message out to more people. And this is something that just, it just intrigues me because I see that as a media professional, apart from my consulting businesses, like part of my chief aim is to accelerate the adoption of clean energy. So if this in fact allows my friends in the industry who are professional salespeople to not only accelerate their ability to contribute meaningfully to their neighbors getting solar and their family getting solar, uh, but also massively accelerate their ability to build wealth while doing it. Like this seems like a no brainer to me. And, and that's why I wanted to bring it to the Suncast audience. I want people to understand just how this wasn't like a casual and fortuitous sort of serendipitous thing that you fell into, you know, five years into building this business, you have an infrastructure, as you just mentioned, that effectively duplicates what you saw solar city building. Right. So like you're present in how many States? 22. Stick to the end of the episode. I'll tell you how you can jump on that webinar that JB just committed to and make it worth your time to learn more about the power model. We really fixed every inefficiency and every metric that was broken at Solar City. We flipped a 70% cancellation rate to sub 15%. And it's mostly due to structural reasons with the house. You know, you need a new roof work, you know, something happens here, there, whatever. So, I mean, there's just a, a general pull through because of the nature of solar. You know, we install in California, you know, in 45 days or less, pretty much. We install in other parts around the country based on how long it takes permitting offices to be back as fast as possible. Customers have quality installation. Customers are working with the best local regional solar installation companies across the country, not big, giant national brands that don't have any of their shit together. Every metric that was wrong with Solar City and rebuilt it all. But to hit these these cheap install numbers, I'm gonna use. I'm, I apologize for the word cheap, but my guess is you're using cheap Chinese panels and like off the shelf cheap aluminum racking. Nico, it's 100% what a consultant wants to sell. So we've built the model for them. If they love selling premium models, no problem. You know, LGs, Sonics, it's all available. If they want a great U.S. option, Mission Solar out of Texas. If they want the low possible cost of goods, go QCell 285s or Longies or whatever it might be. You know, we're unbiased. You know, we create a canvas that lets our consultants pretty much control and do and choose whatever they want to create whatever results they want for themselves and their customers. We haven't even started scratching the surface. I mean, this industry needs to start talking about some really important things, like what happens when this ITC starts to step down? Like, what is the actual future of this industry? You know, what are the models that are really going to succeed and win? And how can we really start preparing for actual mainstream adoption instead of being stuck and stagnant, and which is what we've been for almost the last two, three years? I mean, installation numbers are pretty much flat. So, I mean, we've got some big things to talk about. And at the end of the day, we need an Amazon of solar. Whether you like Amazon or not, they have driven down the cost of product so much that they've essentially taken over the world and allowed for you know this consumer experience that we, we have today. We've got to do that in solar. If we want mainstream adoption, the costs have to continue to come down. This is a totally commodity-driven market. And unless we figure out the way to bring all of these costs down, 
we're not going to see mainstream adoption. So that's exactly what power is focused on. We want to be the industry leader at the fundamental level of cost. Build the ruthlessly efficient model. Give our consultants the lowest pricing in the industry so they can either make the most money when they sell or have the best deals to offer their customers. I am confident that if folks are still listening at this point in the interview, they want to hear more about how the industry can continue to reduce costs and improve the sales and customer experience. Customer acquisition continues to be the number one issue that we have to solve in this business to accelerate the transition and to educate customers. And the power model is one lens through which we can look that is very one-to-one selling and relationship-based selling, which in my experience is how most solar is sold. Referrals still remain the number one way to get new business. So JB, I'd like to do a part two with you where we really pick apart the things that you see as fundamental areas of improvement that uh, not only power, but as an industry, we can address. Would you be willing to do that? Absolutely, Nico. These are uh, important conversations to have as as an industry. And, and I hope everyone in the industry is really thinking differently about the solar business model because they really need to be. Frankly, the way we've thought about it in the past has got us to where we are today, which is lagging from where we should be as a whole. Yeah. And I'll say there's enough skeptics in the world, Solar Warrior. Uh, we need answers and we need uh, business models that address the problems that we're trying to solve. Stick around for info about the webinar and about part two, where JB and I will discuss some of the more fundamental issues within not just residential, but selling solar broadly that we as an industry need to address. JB, thanks for joining us on Suncast for part one. I'm loving it, Nico. Can't wait for part two. All right, my friend, that is the end of part one with Jonathan. And as I mentioned, we're going to have part two coming next Tuesday. I hope that you're inspired by this episode. And if you are intrigued and want to learn more about power, you're in luck because Jonathan has agreed to join me for a webinar next week where he will actually break down exactly how power sales reps are making money. And I've had a sneak preview. Some of them are actually making real money, a lot of it. So go over to mysuncast.com. And subscribe to the mailing list if you haven't already. I'll be emailing everyone the registration link to that webinar on Friday. And if everything goes well, there'll be a registration page on the website before Friday as well. While you are over at mysuncast.com, you can click on the listen link to see the episodes page where you'll see show notes, social media, and website links and other goodies covered on this and every episode. Hey, if you're a member of the Suncast tribe, thank you for your support. You're the reason Suncast has been able to continue, and I'm eternally grateful for that. Please tune in next week where Jonathan Budd and I will get into more details about the Power Platform. And next Thursday, we'll also have an interview with another entrepreneur building an incredible platform, Mr. Jim Spano of Radiant REIT. I truly value your investment here each and every week. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.